Hey, Cap fans, Rick here. And when Bob and I were originally recording this episode, it went a little long. In fact, it went over three hours. So we decided we're going to go ahead and split this up into two parts. Today's episode is going to cover Punisher Captain America Blood and Glory Part 1, the first issue, and then come back next episode and we'll finish the story with the issues two and three. So that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Hi, this is DG Chichester, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 142 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbonis, and I am joined by, oh, you know what I'm about to say. That would be the best gosh darn co-host out there. Because he is. He really is. Anyway, that's Mr. Bob Lucius. And uh, this is the part where I change up the greeting. Oh, Bob. You don't have to be a ghost to be invisible. Damn it. I know that from somewhere, but I don't know where it is. Is it from the... I feel like it's from the Breakfast Club, but I don't know. Oh, that's it's not a bad guess, but yeah. no, you would be completely wrong. Not even uh, close. Huh. Uh, how about another quote? Ready? All right. Sometimes when you believe, you can see them. Ooh. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say it's that Bruce Willis film now with the ghost. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. But that would be timeline would be off on that one. All right. When someone loves you, it's like having a blanket all around your heart. <laughs> all right. Now you lost me. I, I don't know. You all right. me, though. All right. All right. Here you go. Ready? All right. Tell me you love me. Well, I love you, Rick. Ditto. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I feel like it's right there. Oh, could but, be. But, you know, I... Uh, I'm, I'm getting so I'm taking so much in from my ARP magazines that it's <laughs> other stuff out. It's our love, Molly, something that nobody could take away, something they can't break. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Molly. All right, Rick, you're just going to have to tell me. Ghost. Ghost. Oh, yeah. for crying out loud. That's why it seemed familiar. Okay. Yeah, just All right. kinda, yeah, just smacked yeah. you in the face, didn't it? Just smacked me in the face. Yeah. 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 So why am I quoting Ghost, Bob? Um, because it came out in the early 90s. Uh well, that's that's uh yeah. I'm not gonna uh deny that. It did, it came out in 1990. Mm -hmm. Um, but there actually might be a reference to the movie Ghost in the story we're covering today. Yeah, so there is. I didn't want to give that 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 surprise away, but you're right. And I was tickled when I saw it, which is why it must have been on my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen the movie since I saw the movie originally. <laughs> right. Like it, it, it has been 30 years since uh, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, I remember liking it. Um, you know, I was a young guy in love, very romantic, oh, right, uh, right. you know, yeah. yeah. And so had the Patrick Swayze in it. So, yeah. So and the Demi Swayze. with short hair. That's true. Yeah. I like Demi with short hair. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. I, I like her in overalls. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a crush on Demi, uh, Demi Moore. Did Didn't you? we all? Yeah, yeah. She was. I I remember from like uh, setting up with fire. That was oh, one of her big I first know. roles, right? The whole the she whole... was absolutely stunning in movie and uh, about last night. Mm-hmm. Some good film, films back then. You know? <laughs> good what? Good film, flims, good flims. You know, I hear uh, they play. Uh, I've told you this before that I listen to the same radio station, and and there's certain songs. Is it Bob they, ra- uh, Bob Radio? It's Bob FM, yeah, yeah. And there's certain songs that they play consistently uh-huh. on my commute on the way home every. And one of them is is the theme song from Saint Elmo's Fire. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, from the soundtrack. That is, and every ridiculous. time it comes on, no I'm one like, ever plays that. Yeah, no one ever <laughs> plays it, right? But it's it's got some great lines in it, right? Uh-huh. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, and and you know you got a little got a little Rob Lowe playing the sax. Got a little Rob Lowe, and yeah, um, Andrew McCarthy was in it too. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Was it? It wasn't any. Yeah, listen, man, it wasn't an eighties eighties uh, soundtrack if it didn't have some sax in it. Oh, right. Yeah. You got to have plenty of sacks. Yeah. Yeah. And dark, dark wafer sunglasses. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. Yeah. How you been? What's going on this week? What's new with you? Well, same old, same old, Rick. Uh, yeah. Not much going on. I almost had, I want to tell you about this because I, I almost, uh, I almost struck a deal with my wife. Mm. Not that kind of deal. That, that's still <laughs> the word. But so one of these I days. said, I said, honey, there's only three more comic books that I want. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, how much would that cost? And I was like, I don't know, six, seven thousand. <laughs> and she's like, would you put that in writing? <laughs> and that's where the negotiations broke down. Uh huh. Because then we got into the fine print of like, well, does that include all collectibles or just comics? And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't make that determination. I don't know what might come out in the future. That would be so cool that I would have to have. I can't like negate that possibility preemptively. That would be, that would be a lack of due diligence on my part. Yeah. Or, or just like be in our Facebook group and and not something that comes out in the future. Something that came out 25 (laughs) years ago. And we're like, Oh my God, I always wanted that size door size poster right yeah. for two hundred dollars or something yeah. like that thanks grant uh yeah, so you know uh so yeah i uh, uh, so we were close to closing that deal and she's like, i'll give you the money right now <laughs> if you never ask me for anything ever you never again. buy another comic book again yeah i couldn't do that yeah it was i couldn't uh, do that it was you know it was almost like i felt like you know the little yeah you know, on my right shoulder was like do it do it and then on my left shoulder was like don't it's a trap you know so uh oh well good luck with that i hope it works out for you i (laughs) i think i think it's a wonderful dilemma i think uh our listeners probably if 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 you were given a chance and uh someone said here's here's six thousand dollars to buy whatever comics you want but you Mm -hmm. can never Mm -hmm. buy any more after that yeah. Would you do it? It's like those things that you see. Would you spend, you see these on Facebook. Would you spend like a month in this haunted house by yourself without the internet for a million dollars? I see those all the time on Facebook, really? right? Yeah, right. Wow, like, there's some yeah. algorithm got you. Like what the hell did you click on that all of a sudden? There's hell would. Yeah. Where do I sign up? You know, but so it seemed like a good, I thought, you know, I was 
sitting there drinking my coffee. I was like, really, there's only three books that I want. And what, what three are they, Bob? Do you want to share well, them? They're not even any particular book. You want to just it, put it, it out there in the wilderness that it's, maybe, because it, God knows, like oh, people just send you really well, expensive right. gold so I want, comics. I want, I want a copy of All Select with Cap. Which age. one? It doesn't matter as long as it's, I prefer a wartime one, not one from, you know, there's one up on eBay right now, right? Uh, a USA mm -hmm. comics featuring Captain America that I, I'm like very interested in. What's that it one. going? What's it going for right now? It's going, I think 2,500 right now. It's got about mm -hmm. another 30 minutes left in the bid. No, that, would take, that would take a dent. Yeah, it would take a dent, right? But they're, they're hard to come by. All select and mm -hmm. in the USA comics are harder to come by than, than all winners. Mm-hmm. So I want an all select with cap on the cover and all uh, USA comics with cap on the cover mm -hmm. and an issue of young allies. Not all golden age, all golden age. Right. And okay. I figure I could probably get those for six or seven, you know? Sure. And, and nothing then, ever and again, nothing ever again. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a long time. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I gotta tell you, uh, I couldn't do it. It's too risky. Yeah. Yeah. Too risky. Rick, how's, how's it going with you, man? Oh, good. Good. Uh, it's one of those things where you get bad news, you get really bad news. So then when, then you get the bad news after the really bad news, you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's not that bad. But if you didn't get the really bad news to start with, you would have been like, that news really sucks. Yeah, it's got to attenuate. The bad, the really bad news attenuates just the yeah. bad news. So our we bought our house like five years ago. And when we got it, um, I don't know how old the house is. Uh, I probably should know this, right? But it's, it's I don't know. It was probably built in the 60s or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a ranch. It's got a, a full finished basement. So it's kind of like a two-story, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh but uh, when we bought the house, they did they they didn't know how old the roof was. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. that tells you it was a really old roof. Yeah. Right. So, but it looks to be in good shape, right? I mean, the shingles aren't like curling up, or you know, what I mean, it, you know, and the guy gave did the inspection. He goes, yeah, you know, your roof's in good shape. I don't see any signs of leaking. You know, you you probably you know you can have some years out of this. So, um, it's not an immediate need. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we knew, <clears throat> we knew we'd have to get a new roof eventually. Yeah. Now, what has really started to go bad on the house is on the sides, the front and the back are fine, but on our sides, they get hit with the morning and evening sun. Mm -hmm. And so the wood, I guess, got some moisture behind them. And so now the paint's bubbling. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. I say now, I mean, it's been a problem because you can mm -hmm. tell when you go up and you inspect it, that there are some places where it bubbled and then uh, the, the people before us, you know, they scraped it, sanded it and painted it, but it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so this is like an issue. It's going to just keep continuing. And it's like, okay, well, and we don't plan to be in this house for very long. I mean, you know, one to five years max. Yeah. Okay. So, we, you know, you, you only want to put so much money into it that you feel like you can get back. Sure. But yeah. anyway, so um, we started getting quotes for paint. Then then the peep, the painters came out and like, look, we could do this, but it's just going to keep you in a problem. So like, all right, now we're getting quotes for siding. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've had a, a couple quotes. We got a few more coming in. Now, I tell you all this because yesterday I was working from home and I get a knock on the door. And usually I don't answer because it's a solicitor. 
Mm -hmm. But I looked out the window and the girl saw me. So I was like, ah, right. So I opened up the door and there was this company and there's this young girl and she was like, uh, hey, I'm just in the neighborhood. Uh, We're taking a look at homes. We're doing um, free estimates that are good for a year. And, uh, you know, wanted to see if you would be interested in, in, you know, getting a quote for siding or your roof or anything like that. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Like I've, I've had crappy jobs like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I guess I took a little bit of pity and I was uh, like, okay, you know what? You got me at the right time. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, you know, and she starts asking questions and then, you know, uh, when can we schedule time? I'm like, you know, I'm around this evening. You're like, great. We'll have somebody come by. And then, and then they get, she gets on the phone with her manager and then mm-hmm. he starts asking me questions. Right. And I'm like, oh crap, what'd I get myself into? Right. Yeah. So yeah. then, and it, it's a perfect sales pitch. I mean, it yeah. is written to perfection. Everything is to get you to get to the next line, to get to yeah. the next line. It's to, to, to see doubt in your mind about certain things. It's like, you know, the whole thing, and I'm when I say the whole thing, I mean what what comes later. It's all part of this well machine, well oiled machine. Okay. So anyway, then they're like, um, well, uh, is is the missus going to be there? Uh, because we want to make sure we have all decision makers there at the same all time. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Oh, she's on mission. She's yeah. <laughs> in tenure for the next three months. Dang, you're right. So I was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, so then, then the girl, she gets the phone back and she's like, she's like, um, so, uh, I just want to make sure that you're not going to cancel. If you're going to cancel, tell me now, because it's a bad reflection on me. And I'm like, Oh my Mm. God, you guys are so good. That's good. Yeah. I know. And I was like, (laughs) I'll be here. It's fine. Okay. So then I get a call. Right. And to, to, uh, and, and and by the way, they asked me um, when when the guy that I'm on the phone with the manager, he's like, um, and uh, do you um, agree to take uh, automated calls? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, I do not agree to take any automated calls. OK, but we are going to call you to um, to to just, you know, prior to coming to the point. OK, great. So they, then they call me. And, All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. And then, oh, um, you know, you're scheduled at five o'clock, but. Um, you know, we need to give a window. Would you be available at six? <clears throat> um, I may, yeah, probably. Okay. And what are they doing there, Bob? They're realizing like, oh no, there's no cutoff at six, right? Yeah. They, they're going to get there at five, but yeah. they, they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. now, um, so my wife and there are, and, and, and the guy comes into our home. And, and I, I'm still finishing up some work things. So I would go downstairs and come back. He's sitting in my spot at the dining room table. <laughs> he might as well have just gone and just, you know, marked his territory somewhere in my house. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have like a <laughs> pill, pillow there for my back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like. Now and, it's and, sweaty. And, yeah. and, and he's, you know, he's, he's at my spot. I have my. You know, whatever. I'm very territorial, and yeah. I, I didn't like it at all. And I was like, all right, "Guys, let's let's go sit on the back deck, right?" Oh, okay, oh, sure. So we go out on the back deck. This guy was a well-oiled machine. He had everything, and he's taking you through piece by piece by piece. And do you agree with this? That's a good idea, right? You know, stuff like that. You know, yeah. and 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 I'm I'm just like, 
right? So we we go through this. Um, I'm going to cut the story short. Okay. Yeah. Guess so how's your new sighting? Guess how long? <laughs> guess how long he was here before we we finally got him to leave? How long? He got there at five. He left at seven forty. <laughs> no, <laughs> do you stay for dinner? I Drinks? yeah, I, yeah. I, it, no. So what happened was he when he was on the back of the house after he went through the whole siding thing. He goes, you know, you, you I'm seeing a little thing here on your roof. You know, let's go take a look. You know, you, you know, you might have an issue. You know, because what's this and that, and and you see the mold there, and you see this, and you know, yeah. you, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you want an estimate on the roof, and I'm like, sure, why not? You know, you're here. I, I know I'm going to need one. So we were thinking maybe we we're going to do the roof next year. He goes up into our attic. I'm walking there. Okay. Uh, he's got his flashlight and he's showing me the wood. And he's like, yeah. dude, you've got a real problem here. Like this wood is dark. Like I know I'm here for siding, but this is your number one priority. Like yeah. I'm surprised you don't have, and he shows me like a couple things that are splintered. Yeah. Then, then what he does, he gets on, the, the video call with his boss, his manager, sorry to call you on your day off, you know, <laughs> Bob. But this or is emergency. Yeah. yeah. And he's on a video call and then he starts showing it to his boss and his boss is like, oh my God, that's really bad. Look at, look at that. Look at that. You know? And, uh, <laughs> and he, and he, and, uh, and then he goes, oh, sorry. Um, hey boss, uh, I got you on speaker and I'm here with the client. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. You know, totally staged, <laughs> totally staged. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, and, 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 and I'm like, crap, he's right. I I really never went in and inspected the inside of my roof, but it yeah. is, it isn't, it, it, I'm going to need some, not just the shingles replaced. I'm going to need some boards replaced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, he comes back down and then he gives us uh, the number for everything. Okay. For a new roof. Uh-huh. And new side. Okay. Right? Yeah. Now, it, it combined, you know, and, and oh, love this shtick. They do the, uh, well, the, the average uh, price is this, you know, for a low quality and then medium quality and then high quality. So mm -hmm. if we're here, blah, 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 and you're a medium quality, um, you know, it's going to cost you somewhere between seventy-five and $85,000. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there's no way in hell i'm selling this house in one to five years no yeah. way in hell right yeah. and so uh then he's like but but what i could do for you right and then it, then there's the now this price is good for one year because that's what we said we would do you know if you call me back and listen i don't think you should wait a year but you know that's that will honor this price but if you sign today we're gonna do it for this price and it was like I don't know, 68 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then we we're just like, you know, uh, how much is it just for the roof? And then it was something like uh, 30, 38 or something just for the roof or something ridiculous. Right. That seems a lot for a, uh, for a shingle roof. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we're like, yeah, okay, well, well, thank you. You know, we, we're not the kind of people who just make sudden decisions. This is the first quote we've gotten. We want to get at least three quotes. Yeah. You know what? All right. So here's what I could do. Uh, let me, let me check with my manager and see this. And then he checks with the manager and says, all right. Now, um, if you do a, uh, 
you know, a good review for me, you know, uh, I can, I can, if you do a good review for us, we'll knock it down to like this price. Right. And then it was like, I'm sorry, you know, and, 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 and then he like leaves and he goes, think about it. He comes back and then we're like, yeah, I'm sorry. We're really, we really just can't do it. Okay. Well, I talked to my manager and if we did, we're, we're doing a new website. And if we do, uh, we're going to do before and after pictures and, and your roof really is, it's a before picture and, you know, no offense. Right. But, you know, <laughs> if we went ahead and did that, we could get it to this price. And we're like, yeah, thanks. But, you know, no, 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 no. You know, and, and like, oh, my God, it's like every freaking yeah. shtick in the world. And finally, right. I, you know, and we're standing. My wife and I are standing while he's still sitting yeah. at the chair. Yeah. You know, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just kind of like, uh, all right, you, you know, it's time to go. <sighs> that's awesome man i know and that's i know i know story. listeners right now are well, all just like it. no they're, they're all just like i felt like i was there rick that story yeah. was so long anybody who has a house for any significant amount of time and by that i mean more than a year or two right has had a similar experience maybe not you know the contours might be a little bit different but yeah. we've all fallen for that yeah you know, the, the so. expert shtick it was so beautiful. It yeah. was so, I mean, it was perfect. She gave him a good review just for that. I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, so if someone comes to your door, yeah, and, and I think it's a nationwide company, right? But if uh -huh. someone comes to your door, and uh, I don't want to give the name of the company, but it rhymes with Richtery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If they come to your door and say we they want to give you an estimate that's good for a year, yeah, run away, run away, yeah, or have dinner first at least. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Ah, uh, good. So Bob's uh, birthdays this week. There's a big one coming up for um, one of our um, favorite Captain America creators. Who might that be, Rick? Uh, well. You know, this comes out on June 28th, but mm -hmm. yesterday, June 27th, was the birthday for Dan Jurgens. You don't say. No, I just did, Bob. It Darren was... Dan? Yeah, awesome. That's what people call him, right? I don't know. I, Darren I, Dan? Did you call him that when he was on the show? I did not. I would have been afraid. Okay. Do you remember yeah. what episode he came uh, on? I don't remember the episode. It was a really easy one to remember, Bob. Was it? Was it yeah. 100? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we okay. celebrated 100th and 100th. Right. I remember it was a lot of fun. He was he he started off a bit stodgy. Yeah, but he loosened up as we went along. I think. Yeah, he, had a he good didn't time. know. Well, he didn't know us from Adam. He didn't ah. know. Yeah, he just you know we were a bunch of bunch of chuckles, you know, yeah. and everything. And then, but we were asking him, you know, good legitimate questions, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he he appreciated it. So, yeah. yeah, if you if you like Dan Jurgens, uh, writer slash artist, yeah, check out episode 100. That was a really good interview. Speaking of good interviews, Bob, um, I'm going to go ahead and announce next episode, episode 143, we're going to have on writer D.G. Chichester. Uh, now, Chichester, he, um, you might recognize that name, especially if you're reading comics in the 1990s, uh, because he was all over marvel comics uh in in the 90s i i think he started in, in maybe um the the late 80s um something like that but um yeah in the 90s he was writing 
long stints for a lot of characters, you know, um, that included like Nick Fury, uh, Elektra, Night Stalkers. And then he had a really nice four year run on Daredevil. And there was this uh, really cool story called Fall of the Kingpin mm. uh, that, that culminated with issue 300. Uh, that he did that was an amazing story but um for anyway for cap fans um he wrote the story we're covering today which is the punisher captain america blood and glory so we'll have to keep that in mind as we're going through this today some questions we want to ask dan mm -hmm. next week yeah interesting title i'm not sure i'm excited about punisher's name coming first well, it's funny you should say that, Bob. So Punisher back during this time. So this mm -hmm. this comic came out. It had a cover date. It was a three issue prestige format series. Let's just start there, right? So mm -hmm. and 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 these were like forty eight page square pound square bound books. So it, so it would have equivalent to like something like a, a six issue or seven issue mini series in yeah. today's times, right? So it is pretty bountiful. Um, but back then, um, issue one came out in October of 1992. So it had a, a release date of August of 1992. Just to give you an idea of how popular Punisher was back then, um, he had not one, not two, but three ongoing series at that time. Punisher, the proper series that was like uh, uh when this came out around issue 75 mm. punisher war journal was hitting close to 50 at that time and then i think punisher war zone was like on issue eight and then in addition to that he was just a guest appearance in like everybody's you know uh stories i mean you know just right around the time where this came out uh, let's see. He was in Quasar. He was in Incredible Hulk. He was in Motormouth. He was in Nomad. He was in uh, Daredevil. In fact, uh, Daredevil, he, uh, Chichester's run started uh, with issue 292. And uh, he did a nice long run, 292 to 309. <laughs> the first two issues of that and the last two issues of that chichester had punisher in the pages of daredevil um so he so he knows punisher um and so uh yeah i get you that punisher's name was first but let's face it back in early 90s he was the the most one of the most popular characters up there with like wolverine right yeah well that makes sense rick thanks for clarifying that i'm still not happy about it though oh yeah, yeah it seems like there should be some seniority you know yeah yeah, the other thing too, Bob, when you when we take a look at the covers for, for these three issues, mm -hmm. not only is Punisher's name first, but Punisher is in front of yeah. Captain America on all three covers. Indeed, indeed. I don't like it, but I guess I don't have to. That's right. That's what I, that's usually, that's, I say that a lot at home. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, you know what? One more thing before we get to the comic, Bob. Yeah. Um. When was the last time we read a review? Uh, didn't we read one about two episodes ago? Uh, well, we got a new one, Bob. I mean, remember, we're giving away the Taco Bell Captain America Special Collector's Edition. Once we get to, to three reviews in since we started the contest, 
one person of those three is going to win this comic. So we got a we got our second one, Bob. Shall I read it? I wish you would. All right. Well, it's a five star and it is from Walter in Tucson. I think I know who this is. Um, and it is titled Cap and Tacos. Hmm. The Captain America comic book fans podcast is incredible. Every episode is entertaining and informative. If you're a Captain America fan, this is the show for you. I always listen to it as I make a run for the border to eat some tacos and chips. Great Boom. show. Nice. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, way to, way to tie that in. Yeah. Tie that in. All right. Well, thank you, Walter in Tucson. We appreciate the, the five-star review. And you are in the running. So, Bob, should we get to the comic? Yeah, let's dive in. Rick. All right. So, as I mentioned before, about the release date and the cover date. Um, and let's talk a little bit about the creative team. So, I did say it was D.G. Chichester, uh, D. saying for Dan, um, is the writer. But there's also a, a second writer that is um, uh, credited here by the name of Margaret Clark. Now, when we have... When we have Dan on next week, we'll have to ask him about Margaret Clark because I see her name associated with his in a lot of other comics that he's written. So uh, maybe this is a, a precursor to the hive mind. I, I don't know. Mm, but yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to ask Dan about that next week, about uh, Margaret's role in this. Is one of them scripting, one of them plotting? Uh, you know, who, how are they doing this? Uh, now, the penciler and inker is Klaus Johnson. And um, matter of fact, uh, Klaus gets top billing on the cover of these comics. Um, his name is above the writer's name, which is interesting. That that's not normally the case. But of of all the names here, even though Chichester had you know been writing a lot of comics in the '90s, uh, Johnson is probably the most well known. Um, you know, he he was a longtime inker of Frank Miller in the pages of daredevil and then he went on to pencil daredevil himself um so he's no he's he's now no stranger to uh drawing punisher you know he he did that in the pages of of daredevil um so so uh and it's some really interesting art a lot of it there there are definitely some panels in here that you look at and you go is that frank miller um so it's kind of cool colorist is john wellington letterer jim novak and editor is Ralph Macchio. Do it, Rick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, would you like to hear the solicitation for this, Bob? I sure would, Rick. All right. The story begins with Captain America and the Punisher. There you go. Cap got top billing in the solicitation. That's good. Yeah. The story begins with Captain America and the Punisher independently pursuing a drugs for guns conspiracy linked to the U.S. government and many U.S. criminals. The Punisher begins his investigation in New York City following the drugs, while Cap is put on the trail in Texas following the guns. Their paths soon cross when Cap becomes the Punisher's next target. Soon, however, the two form an uneasy but explosive alliance and take the war to the foreign dictator on the other end of the conspiracy bookshelf format all right so bob um you want to take the the uh the listeners through the cover of issue one 
Sure, Rick. It, uh, it, it really is a busy cover and it's a wraparound cover as well. So you, you get the benefit of uh, if you so dared to open up that prestige format binding and laid it flat. Increased it. <laughs> the first and only time uh-huh. uh, you would you would have two big, big pages to look at. And, and mm. in the foreground, we see uh, above a city. Right. And we're looking down at what presumably is like maybe New York City. Uh, we see a UH-1 helicopter. Uh, Army Green, and uh, we see Cap uh, standing in the bay, the passenger mm-hmm. bay of that helicopter, and he's got his shield on his left hand, and he's he's actually holding uh, what looks to be a soldier of some sort. He's dressed in his olive drab uniform. He's holding him in his right hand aloft, uh, and then in the foreground, we see the Punisher, and the Punisher's got one foot in the bay and one foot on a landing skid, and in his right hand, he's got a Colt 45 pistol, and in his left hand, he's got an Uzi. And there's a guy who apparently uh, just pissed off the Punisher because he is falling out of the helicopter and down mm-hmm. into the city. Uh, and we see some other soldiers in the bay. One of them is, is clearly uh, no longer functional. Uh, and a couple others uh, we see just in the shadows. So there seems to be some sort of struggle going on here in the helicopter. And mm-hmm. Cap and Punisher are working together, but we don't know what's going on here. Indeed. Um and in, and it's 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 a very they're high up, right? Uh, there's a, I mean the 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 skyscrapers look small, uh, yeah. So it is uh it's a little scary from that perspective. Um, the logo up at the top, um, as we said before, it does say Punisher, Captain America, and then underneath that in a in a cursive, it says blood and glory in red, but. Uh, in between Punisher and Captain America is a as a new logo, and it's uh, Captain America's shield. But instead of the star in the center of the shield, it's the Punisher's skull logo. That's unsettling. It is. Uh, Bob, do you want to read the back of the of the book? Um, so our listeners, in case uh, you know they're they're like, oh, tell me tell me about it. Oh, sure, I'd love to. At the highest levels of the U.S. government, a conspiracy is conceived of international scope and monstrous intent. Like an awful enlarging web, its strands reach from the corridors of power to the small Central American country of Medusula. Caught as well in the spreading net, vigilante Frank Castle, the Punisher, and Captain America, living legend of World War II. As the plan moves inexorably forth, these two larger-than-life figures will be cunningly manipulated into deadly conflict with each other, a struggle whose outcome may prove fatal to one or both. Blood and glory is the secret wrapped in the enigma within whose labyrinthine depths rests the very future of the Republic. Dun, dun, dun. That sounds intriguing. Yeah. So we uh, we cut to the opening splash page and it is a picture of the capital u.s capital um and it is looming large over a looks like a really run down inner city ghetto area the sky is painted red and leaves a red uh hint on everything below and and it looks like you know looks like homeless people kind of are going through trash cans looking for something to eat and bob what's the title of the story we the people 
Yes. And right underneath that is a quote. Diplomacy is the art of saying nice doggy until you can find a rock. Will Rogers. Hmm. Interesting. So because this is such a long story, I'm not going to go through it panel by panel. I'm not going to voice everybody. Um, uh, I'm going to basically describe what's going on. I'll voice some people because it makes sense. You know, you need to hear some of the dialogue. Um, but there's also it's written in a way kind of like Punisher War Journal, where you, you see the inner monologue of of the main characters, Captain America and Punisher. And so I will read those as well uh, in character so that you can kind of get a feel for this. Um, so on the, that was the opening splash page, but now we are looking at um, the action starts, right? There's four panels. We're, we're basically in a Harbor um, and there's a warehouse. It's late at night. The sun is setting and you see uh, a group of, of soldiers um, and they are um, coming in on, you know, coming up uh, in the cargo area, hiding, um, coming up towards that warehouse to see what's going on. And essentially there is, uh, we're introduced to this crew. And so uh, right now you've got um, Colonel Kaylee, and and these are all first uh, appearances, right? Like these characters have not uh, been in comics before. So Colonel Max Cayley is leading it. Then you have Lieutenant uh, Maliv. Uh, you have Theopolis. You have Kane, C-A-I-N. And then Kane, K-A-N-E. And then Warden. And this is the Defense Intelligence Agency uh, as their later revealed as right so um they are are coming up and they they don't look like a uh i don't know um, i wouldn't say they 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 pass the the gq look bob they 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 look a little rough they do they do uh rick and you know yeah it's what you uh would expect to see in a late 1980s early 1990s uh movie of of special ops yes yeah. Um, so they are getting out their binoculars and they're looking on onto uh, what's going on in the warehouse. So the next page, we cut to um, what's going on in the warehouse. And it is an arms deal, right? And it's it's basically drugs for weapons. And we have um, two guys there. Uh, kind of dressed in suits, um, going over the weapons to uh, looks like these two Hispanic men who are paying with uh, looks like drugs. And then we cut to the inner monologue of Captain America. When it's in my hand, it doesn't weigh a thing. It moves with my arm, another part of me. They try to teach me different, of course, back in what passed for basic. That it was just physics, geometry, force times angle equals distance something. But the muscles they gave me knew better. I knew better. I knew that all that had to be done was let it fly, to be part of the war, the fight for the right and the just. That first war, in every one sense. And then so in the background, we see Cap's shield 
coming in uh and 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 at a angle right like a, like a frisbee will take you know up in the air and it comes crashing in through a window and knocks all four of the gentlemen down when the weapons go flying and the next page is a huge splash page of Captain America standing there. But before that, there's a couple of small panels and you see the shield ricocheting and coming back into Cap's hand. And there's light shining from behind Steve Rogers. Soaring straight and strong. It's fought by my side through so many battles, so many ever faithful. Gentlemen, I have reason to believe that the business you're transacting is of an illegal nature. If I'm wrong in my assumption, please accept my apologies in advance. But if I am right, then the government of the United States of America duly empowers me to bring down on your heads more trouble than you ever knew existed. A soldier needs his allies wherever he can find them. I guess he's referring to his shield. As his ally. Yeah. So we cut to the next page and they're getting, picking themselves up off the floor and the two different groups uh, and the, uh, the two Hispanic guys grab the weapons and start firing on Cap. And uh, so they're firing machine guns and Cap's like, I guess that answers my question. So he runs uh, and he puts his shield up. And then uh, one of the guys goes into the crate and he's looking for something larger, he says. And he goes and uh, looks like he found like a a bazooka. And then cut to the next page and outside it's that, that group, that military black ops group that we were introduced. And so they hear the gunfire and they start, they start rolling in. Uh, we cut to the inside, and and Carlos is uh, firing his weapon, but Cap's using his shield and throws it. Um, whereas uh, he jumps up next page, and he lands on him and knocks him down. But at that point, um, Manuel had uh, a bazooka, and he goes, and he's about to fire it. And he goes and Cap picks up his shield. And then uh, what's interesting, though, the the guys, the, their arm dealers, they're like, uh, oh, you know, tell him not. Tell him. They're basically trying to like, I don't know, it's a little cryptic, but they're basically, it sounds like they're saying, you know, tell him not to use the bazooka. And the Cap's inner monologue is, but really all there is is the hope of holding on to one's humanity in the face of the inhuman. More than Japanese and Americans died in those last days of the Second World War. I watched and worried as tactics and precision began to give way to raw intensification. Courage and imagination became casualties to overwhelming force. While daring and intelligence were killed off in favor of getting the job over no matter the means. And at that point, the bazooka gets fired, and it hits 
cap and the shield. Now he's he's not that far away, so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty blunt blast. War took charge in those final days, demanding to be carried to its conclusion, setting in motion things sometimes beyond anyone's to control. And that at this point, um, the the guy with the bazooka says, "I've heard of the shield of yours, Captain. Nothing gets through." They say. It stops the shell, yes, but some of the heat, the blast still curve around to cook you, to tear at you, hmm? Not all at once, no, but then what's the hurry? And he fires again and Cap gets nailed and gets pushed back again. And each time, you know, he's getting hit, the, the shield, which I thought was supposed to absorb that kind of energy, uh, he's getting pushed back. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on that, Bob? Well, I mean, I... It does. It does appear that way. I mean, he makes a he makes a point, though, right? That the shield can absorb the direct impact, but but there is bleed over on the edges, and so mm -hmm. Cap is getting hit by that that bled over uh, thermal energy, and and uh, you know, I don't know if it's it's. Uh, I guess it's it does look like it's pushing him back. It's certainly knocking him down. It's certainly having an impact on Cap. Literally. Literally. A man can betray the very things he's fighting for, betray his very self in a maddening rush to win at any cost. And this is a cool, I, I like this panel. It's pretty cool. It's, you were looking up at uh, Manuel, who has this humongous bazooka up on his shoulder. And then we're also looking up at the top of the rafters of the uh, of the, the warehouse they're in. But you also see, you know, cap falling into a bunch of crates and but you see the other two guys the the you know the businessmen who are selling the weapons they look very frightened and manuel says but how about you hmm? how about you and he fires the bazooka and the guy who's selling it to him says for christ's sake manny no don't fire you don't know what and he pulls the trigger and it blows up in his face, and there's a huge explosion, Bob. And Cap's inner monologue. My shield will. A soldier needs his allies. A man can betray. Betray. And then so uh, the one one guy is picking up the other businessman, and, and he's He's pulling him away. Slick, slick. Get up. He's coming. This. Your sudden concern for your fellow man interests me, doctor. We need to talk. A fighting man needs to protect himself from betrayal, from letting a fight to the finish become a fight for the finish. That bit of fortune telling. What do you know about that weapon malfunctioning? No one gets through to me to the doctor, Slickster. I don't care who. Normally, I'm a great admirer of loyalty. Honest. I said, what happened to that weapon? And then just then, that black ops team, they come in through the front door. Huh. Captain America, this is a surprise and an honor. Colonel Max Cayley, Defense Intelligence Agency. A good soldier needs his cause to anchor himself to what he is, to who he is, to who I am. I wear my cause, 
It's woven into the very chainmail of my uniform, the stars and stripes of freedom and justice. A red, white, and blue that's still the best guarantee the world's got of all men being created equal. I know there's those who don't see it that way. To them, it's all just obsolete icons, too simple for these complex times, quote-unquote. An overmuscled man in a brightly colored costume, more symbol than serious. Too out of date to notice. Conspiratorial glances. A naive soldier never questioning authority. Too loyal to ideals they can never truly hope to understand. Then what they see me as becomes camouflage. Cover that is needed to get behind the line. The war is forever lurking, waiting to be fought, the enemy revealing himself in the most unlikely places. The price of liberty is internal vigilance. Now, during this whole time, uh, Colonel Cayley um, is introducing himself and kind of, uh, I don't know, you know, laying it a little thick. Wouldn't you say, Bob? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's he's coming off as a bit chummy and collegial, and yeah, that seems a bit appropriate for this location. And the and the crew that he's with are taking the two men into custody and uh, picking up the other men that are that are you know are down. And um, the whole time, Cap kind of feels like there's something not right here, which goes along with what he's saying. Um, you know, that he's just uh, being thought of as being obsolete, right? Just a, a overmuscled man um, and too out of date to notice those glances, right? Uh, because the guys getting taken away are like, go easy on us, Warden. We know we've been bad. We deserve to be punished. They don't seem particularly worried. No, they really don't. And then uh, the colonel says, you've been a great help to us in this, Captain. Let us try and return the favor of taking care of other cleanup. It's very kind, Colonel. But there were still some things I... Really, Captain, you've already done all the hard work. I insist. Well, I don't want to argue with you. I'll have DIA forward you a full report. That would be swell, Colonel Keeley. So then we cut to um, some... TV screens, uh, and we're seeing a, uh, I guess, a crowd that is being talked to from a stage by uh, some sort of leader. His name, and uh, we hear a voiceover from a, a newscaster. His is a name that strikes instant terror, according to Time magazine. Medasulin leader General Miguel Alfredo Navatilas, once a close friend of U.S. administration, Navatilas has fallen into recent disfavor, coming under fire for his strong-arm tactics and reputed links to drug trafficking. Navatilas seemingly thrives on his bad boy reputation, bringing his own election into question with statements such as, it's not who wins that counts, it's who counts that wins. Seen here, he obligatorily removes his cap so that an interviewer might inspect the general's scalp for the number 666. 
What does that stand for, Bob? 666. It's the sign of the Antichrist, Rick. Yeah, Mark of the Beast. Mm. Navatilis Demon Dictator? We'll take a closer look when A Current Affair returns after these. Cut to the White House, and, and there's a press secretary speaking to, to the, uh, the press. General Antilles is fostering a climate of tension and practicing a pattern of aggression that continues to greatly concern the president. That's all for the questions. And so we we cut there, and then we see it's uh, somebody referred to as Moloch. And he's a, how would you describe him, Bob? Well, he uh, he's a hefty guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he's got blondish hair. He, he's, he's, he's well-fed, right. And he's got <laughs> a yellow suit on with a white shirt and a black tie. He seems very pleased with himself. He looks like if I, if you don't mind me saying, and I, I don't want to like step on over any line, but he looks like a sort of a much larger version of Tucker Carlson. Okay. Yeah. But he's definitely a politician of some. Yeah. Sort. Yeah. He's got the yeah. wavy hair and, yeah. you know, sort of the well-fed look. And next to him is a, uh, as a lady. And she is somewhat more severe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hair up in a bun, the obligatory round glasses of, mm-hmm. uh, of a staffer, right? Uh-huh. Wearing a business suit for a woman. And, um, you know, she does have a, ten- she does come off as sort of being, well, not as equal, but very close to it. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, so he's being uh, surrounded by the press and they all stick microphones in his face. And he says, um, they say, Mr. Attorney General, there are those who question your strong stance against General Natalis. That is your investigation of the alleged narcotics activity your office is, in effect, potentially making foreign policy for the United States. Look, anything I may or may not be doing has nothing to do with making foreign policy. All I do is indict crooks. Now, if you'll excuse me. And then he walks off. Um, so then we cut to nighttime in New York city and there's a moon, full moon out there giving some glow to the the city underneath. And we cut to Punisher's war journal lights in New York city, worthless against the darkness, pumping through the rotting veins of this pit in the constant night. That is the place. Light serves only to give the vermin a common place to crawl to. And so he's looking in on, uh, on a, you know, apartment complex, right? And what? Rick, are you familiar with, uh, I'm sorry, you just, you're, you're, have you seen the, uh, the SNL skit with Bill Hader where he plays like the Vietnam vet in the, in the <laughs> yeah. puppet class? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> did i just do that that's what you sounded like yeah i love uh, it i love it because it really hits yeah it hits the right way yeah. there it was <laughs> body parts were everywhere <laughs> i didn't know what voice to give him <laughs> i love it <laughs> all right um and so we what do we see here bob it's the two guys that just got taken away by the dia and they're now they're now in, a, in an apartment room with a bunch of new sellers Right. And there's all this cash and uh, and then there's bull with the with the doctor. Right. And the, the bulls, he's just full of, um, you know, 
sayings, right? Like he just yeah. repeats stuff. Yeah. He's probably not the smartest guy, but he's yeah. loyal. A lot of marketing. Yeah. 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 You got yourself just what the doctor ordered. Shut up, bull. And then so there's all this money being uh, transferred. And then there's a uh, really uh, strong looking briefcase or Bob would say attache case and uh, and piles of money in there. But look, look, Bob, in the bag. It uh, looks like there's a, a lot of drugs there. Oh, I thought it was hard candy. Oh, no, no, no. It's not, those, those are drugs. Oh, drugs. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's cocaine, right? And one guy goes, oh, yeah, coke it is. And and then pulls like, the real thing. Coke's the one. Have someone to smile. The pause that, shut up, bull. <laughs> And then we cut to back to the, the Punisher's War Journal. Took a Cinderella liberty. Went to a movie. Ghost. People in the audience seemed to like it. Not me. Some BS about life after death. It didn't make any sense. Guy gets killed. Still comes back to tell who he left behind how much he loves them. My family was murdered too. They never came back. It doesn't make any sense. Warm night. And then he sets off an explosion underneath uh, where they were. And they they all go, you know, crashing, right? And uh, it's a loud explosion, Bob. Blood flows freely through the veins. Saliva protects breath. Keeps the breathing light and swift. No obstruction to blood or breath circulation. Best time for shooting or stabbing. And so they're all in chaos, right? Uh, the, it looks like one of the one of them is down. The woman, and then they're they're help. The other two guys left are helping each other up. Uh, and there's fire all around. When the laws on the books fail to hold the line, the enemy must be attacked with the law of the street. It's not a soldier's job to put the enemy out of action. It's to destroy him completely. Now, Bob, you're shaking your head here. Like, uh, you, you got you got a little something something you want to say? I, you know, I don't agree with that. Actually, it's actually far more effective as a as a delaying technique for the enemy to wound the enemy to make them, uh, you know, incapable of carrying the action forward, but put you know drawing more resources from the the opposing side to care for their wounded. Just saying. Is that the soldier's job? That's the soldier's job. It's not to kill, right? It's to, to wound. It's to, to prevent the enemy from being able to, to carry out its will. Ah. Kill without joy. Civilians don't see the war for what it is. They see what a soldier has to do is no different, no better than the enemy. But those who see the world so black and white never stop to think. It's a gray light that finally reaches the floor of the jungle. And so we, at this point, the Punisher shows up. This is the first time we're seeing him. And it's a full page splash of him standing there. What kind of gun is that, Bob? Looks, it looks like it could be like uh, an M49, you know, uh, with a grenade launcher on the, on the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, M40, M48, M49, whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it takes, man. You know. But, you know, it's interesting, though. This is uh, the same reveal that Captain America got, right? When Captain America first showed up, it was a uh, a full full page splash in the same thing where he's just kind of standing there. We're nothing alike, me and the enemy. Yes, we both deal in death, but they sell theirs. I give it away. Wartime strategy follows three principles. Start the bleeding. Stop the breathing. Promote established shock. Is that true, Bob? I, I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> so he's just the first two, but I don't know what that last one. Established shock? Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know. What that a little means. shock and all? I don't know why you'd have to use establish. Why can't you just say promote shock? Shock oh. and all. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so he's just firing away and uh and then he's being fired back on. Um, but his gun seems to be bigger and makes a lot more noise. Frontal. Oh, you want to do it? Go no, ahead, no, do I it. don't want to do it. I thought hey, you were waiting for me. No, no, just bracka, do bracka, it. Bracka, bracka, bracka. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, I was going to go with the Buddha, 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 because that, that's more like a literal translation there. That's nice. I like that. See? Yeah. Okay. Frontal assault designed to blow smoke. Diversionary tactic to send the enemy back to the wire. So they're retreating. And then they're going to a staircase and at the bottom of the staircase are a bunch of pikes. Is that what they call them? Right? Yeah. I mean, they're shards, right? But yeah, they're essentially, yeah, essentially pikes, right? Yeah. And uh, which is weird because it's kind of like, aren't they spikes, but just that without the word, without the letter S in front of them? Like, yeah, well, it's more like, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm sure you know this, but like in Vietnam, you know, uh, the thing was yeah. the punchy sticks. Yeah. Right? The bamboo carved into to, so oh, I think that's harkening back to that. That's horrible. It's just horrible stuff. Anyway, so um one of the guys firing and he he trips over the wire that Punisher put there to make him fall into the pikes. And they go through his body. It's not pleasant. Uh so Bull and the doctor, um and uh, are still running away. Instead, they're going to the roof, which is Punisher expected. The others head for the roof. Took out the fire escape before I blew the charges. Only way down now is my way. So they're up on the roof. It's nighttime. And Doc says to Bull, uh, you know, I, I got to call for a pickup. They, they got to come get me. You just need to hold them off. And at that point, the Punisher starts firing his weapon outside of, of the door and they scatter. And uh, Bull, he's not he's he's not going down without a fight. He, he grabs a, a, a chain and, uh, and when the Punisher kicks open the demolished door and comes through, um, the guy starts swinging the chain over his head. No one gets through me to the doctor, Slickster. I don't care who. The one with the silver case has got something planned, using the big one for cover. And the guy throws the uh, the chain, and it goes onto Punisher's big gun, and then he pulls it away. 
spent just too long on recon. Gave Silvercase the opportunity to fall back. Big one, the chance to make his move. That wasn't nice. Oh, look at this. Miss Manners from the guy who just blew up half the building. And so uh, doctors uh, making a phone call. That's a pretty big phone. <laughs> that is one of those big, big, like, cell phones that come with the big pouch it goes into, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge battery. And it's, not a cord- it's, not, it's not a cordless phone. No, no, it's not. He's armed for infighting. Me too. Flesh and blood. Tooth and nail. And rage. Cold fury. Ever faithful by my side since my wife and kids. Rage. The perfect weapon. The soldier's ally. I take the pain. And he, the guy throws the, wraps the, the, you know, hits the chain around his, his right wrist. But Punisher pulls him and pulls him closer, wraps the chain around his neck. And then I give it back. And he tosses him over the side of the building. And um, at that point, uh, a helicopter comes in. That's when I hear it. The roaring drone coming down from the heavens, speaking of hell, screaming of every hot LZ back in the knob. LZ, Bob, what's that? That's a landing zone, Rick. Yeah. And it is. What kind of, what kind of uh, helicopter is that, Bob? I mean, it's that's a, military grade. Yeah, it's a UH-1. It's a UH-1. So, you know, standard uh, medium-range troop troop transport you know got there pretty fast it did it must have been close by standing by mm-hmm. gunship is tac air tactical air support not exactly standard op for the low-life drug dealer and they pull him up onto the helicopter and um Punisher notices they're using some some uh, military lingo. Silvercase's friends know their military lingo. Same here, but I specialize my vocabulary. And he takes the chain and he runs after the helicopter, jumps off the edge, uses the chain to wrap around the uh, the base of the of the helicopter. Language like waste and wax. In Greece. We got company. And he starts firing at the Punisher. Who's hanging from underneath. Words to die by. Losing my grip. And why not? Let it go. Let it end. And maybe see those faces again. Maria. Frank Jr. Little Christy. Maybe. No. Not when we left so many things hanging. Because of that other fight in the Asian jungle. So many used and abused by the powers they betrayed. The fight gets finished. And so the Punisher gets up there and he takes that same chain that was wrapped around his wrist and he instead throws the chain at the back rotor. This war gets won by any means, at any cost. And now all of a sudden that creates the helicopter to go out of... It's spinning out of control, right? Yeah. Yeah, out of control. Exactly. We're losing. We're going down. This bird's going to prang. But the Punisher 
He continues to fight the guy with the machine gun. And then um, he goes in there and then which guy is fighting him? Yeah, this must just be a crewman. Yeah, yeah, there's a crew guy there. And uh, Punisher just takes him, throws him outside of the helicopter uh, up towards the propeller and his head gets cut off. His head comes off by the Jesus nut, the bolt that holds the main rotor to the helicopter. Closest he'll get to anything sounding of heaven. Maybe any of us. And the next thing you know, the helicopter is going down and it's heading towards the train station. And it's just, it's coming down. And um, so everybody's taking, you know, running for, for shelter. Um. And at this point, the the doctor, you know, he's got the briefcase. He won't let go of that briefcase. He's fighting the Punisher and he's hitting him with it and he kicks him back. And then right before as the helicopter's about to crash land, uh, they they jump out. He's got survival instinct like any animal. Like any prey. In his eyes, the look of the hunted, the cornered. Um, so, uh, Doc gets up and, and the Punisher is, looks like he's unconscious. Um, and he grabs the briefcase. We aim to please. That's the motto. He'll take the one way out he can. The one place the hydrants cut down the flame. And so he's going down. It looks like into the subway. He doesn't care where it leads. He should worry what follows. So they get down to the subway and on the front of uh, like uh, in the train, um, we see like the train coming down and they see fire and they see a guy and, uh, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, stop the train or do something. Uh, actually, they decide not to stop and, and they it's just keep it, on yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, they're not stopping at this uh, this station. And the Punisher is right behind him. And so the the doctor gets on, jumps onto the speeding train and, you know, between cars. And then uh, the Punisher is there and the Punisher is grilling him, you know. Now, who's expecting delivery? Who are you working? The chains tangle around, keep us from going straight down to the tracks. And then the guy hits him with the briefcase in the face and he hits him again and again and again. It's a very strong case. Is it, did I mention that before? It is a very rugged case. It must and be he, a Samsonite. Must be. Is that a little product placement there, Bob? It was, yeah. You're making a little money on the side? What, what's yeah, going yeah. on here? Yeah, I, unfortunately, uh, it's a product placement for 1990s. <laughs> so. and, and and what is he? He, he must have hit him like eight times, right? And uh, I'm a little surprised this skinny dude is taking out the Punisher who's wearing Kevlar. Um, but he is getting hit in the head. Right. Yeah. And, um, the Punisher goes to, to punch him, but he, the guy moves out of the way and he punches the glass. Um, and his hand goes through the glass. And then the guy takes the briefcase and he belts to pick it up to put it over top of his head 
And not so much clumsy is coming. It's a big piece. It has to be to drive up under a man's ribcage. The edges cut into my glove, my hand slippery with my own blood as I take hold. I tighten my grip. Surprise. And he uses that big piece of broken glass from the window to, to kill the guy. And then he leaves him there on the, on the train as it comes up and all the, the people waiting for their train see this. And it's a horrifying look of a man with a big shard of glass in the middle of his heart. And the Punisher grabs uh, stuff from his backpack as he's waiting up in the rafters of the subway. Civilians need a constant reminder of how ugly the war is, that winning is everything, if for no other reason than to see it end, to get it over with and get back home. And even when it's long past, there's been any hope of a home to come back to. Silvercase's partners talking their military talk, threats from inside the Beltway. Insider slang for the power base in Washington, District of Columbia. Thinks that's the stink of corruption coming down off it all. I'll follow it up. No matter where it leads, no matter who, no matter how high. So let me cut to, uh, what is that, Bob? Is that the White House? I, I, I don't. I think that's the white i could be the white house i guess i don't uh it, it doesn't it looks like it would be uh, a government building of some sort but i in this case i don't think it is yeah and then who do we see there the guy from the the tv before um which is the uh the general um, general navatalas 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 yeah Nav navatalas navatalas um, and he's now talking with that woman we see, saw before with the uh, the district attorney. Right. Her name was like, what, Stoney? Stone? Something like that? Yeah, Miss Stone. Yeah. And so the two of them are talking, and uh, she's just typing away. And it looked, appears to be her office. And they are kind of just kind of going through um, the fact that, you know, he's – perceived as a bad guy um and that you know he needs the the u.s uh public relations machine to to kind of overcome that and she says we'll fill our end of the bargain general but there's still the matter of your more radical neighbors our conservative constituency would like to see some changes insurrection coup d'etat war all these things cost money miss stone there have been unfortunate delays in the Texas and New York channels, but the system is now back in place. We continue to appropriate for redistribution narcotics seized during U.S. law enforcement operations. Capital revenues generated then being made available as institutional cooperation for use in your arms purchasing. Appropriate for steel, redistribution for sell, institutional cooperation for payoff, Drugs to money to weapons. Ah, the language of the Project Democracy. You know what they say, Miss Stone. Democracy has a female name. Everyone wants to flirt with her. Flirt with democracy, General. Not with me. Hmm. 
You left your briefcase. No, his parati, for you. Another token of the seriousness of our intentions to do business in Venezuela. Ah, of course, I suppose I should be more careful. Until your lobbyists are finished with me, I still have those enemies, hmm? This could have been a bomb. Pray God it doesn't turn into one. So now we cut to, uh, well, I don't know what place this is, Bob. This is the Smithsonian. Right? Is it? It is. Okay. You know what they say about the, the call of Smithsonian, don't you? I don't, Rick. What do they call it? The nation's attic. Still room for an old war relic like yourself. You're too kind, Ernie. So who's Ernest Braun? He's a scientist at the Smithsonian. So Cap, you know, he picked up this piece of metal from, that came off the fragment of the blown up bazooka when no one was looking. And so he brought it to this guy who was uh, checking it out. And was, I'll cut to the chase. It, what, he basically, after doing some looking at it, he sees that there's um, uh, serious metal fatigue and that it is was built to look like to, to purposely break right there are small cracks small cracks um that would turn into a complete fracture mm -hmm. and so um you know and and he he says look a person would have to put a lot of effort to do this you know somebody who enjoys their work so cap gets the information he needs okay he understands so now that kind of explains what happened in the beginning, right? The bazooka fired twice, but the third time it blew up in the guy's face. So it looks like these arms that are being uh, sold are defective, right? Because you don't want to give to your potential enemy really good arms, right? You want to give them something that just works enough and then they would be defective. Something that can be test fired. Right. Right. Hmm. So we cut to a, uh, a another warehouse where things are getting uh, filed away and Captain America comes into the warehouse and um, he reaches out to uh, the, the guy in charge. Excuse the interruption, but I'm looking for Supervisor Royko. I'm Royko and you're, oh boy, Captain America. I'm after a cache of arms seized a few days back in AIF, related raid. I was told they've been put into storage here for pending indictments. Captain, I'm, well, sir, dope dealers, Lamborghinis, and Arcs of the Covenant we got, but that weapon bust signed out right after it was signed in. Department of Defense, fella, a Colonel Cayley. Bob, I, I like that. Uh, Ark of the Covenant. Oh, you got to have a few of those in your government warehouse. Yeah. What's he, what's he referring to? Of course, he's referring to the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, right? All right. I got a little tangent here. All right. All right. So this is actually kind of funny. Um, somebody, you, you ever watch the show um, Big Bang Theory? I have not. Oh, you're, you're missing some funny. I mean, because it's about comic geeks. So, you know, I mean, they're scientists and uh -huh. you know very very smart but familiar. yeah yeah okay um yeah anyway there's uh there's yeah. one one scene where they're talking about raiders of the lost ark so 
uh, Sheldon, who is like the the one who's uh, the most. You know, he's got. Um, I've watched I, Young Sheldon. Okay, you know, so he he's got some issues dealing with people. He's you know, it's it's not his his yeah. natural ability, right? So he's got a girlfriend, and he and they were sitting on the couch, and they just got done watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he says, you know, well, tell me what you thought, tell me what you thought, and she's like, well, you know, the uh, the I enjoyed it, other than like you know the one huge plot point you know uh issue he's like there are no plot issues and she's like well yeah other than the fact that um indiana jones didn't need to be in the movie for everything to turn out the way it did he's like no no you you don't understand (laughs) he he went and he did it and she's like and then she just kind of explains it yeah she's like no like you know if if he didn't find it first they would have found it yeah and then they would have opened up the ark and everything that happened when they opened up the ark would have happened. Right. And he's like, <laughs> so then now he's telling his friends and they're sitting there and all talking and they're like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense because, um, you know, he, he, he had the dial and because he had the dial, he was able to, to go in and, you know, find this. And, and they're like, well, yeah, but if he wasn't there and got the dial, the Nazis would have gotten the dial anyway. So they yeah. would have found the ark. Oh, <laughs> and, and then, you know, so then they kind of, you know, come up, but what about this? And then it was like, no. Oh, <laughs> so then at the very end of the, of the show, um, they just finished watching the four guys are all sitting there on the couch. They just finished watching Raiders Lost Ark. And they're like, but if it wasn't for Indy, then the uh, ark would have never made it uh into the warehouse the the government would never have gotten to the warehouse well yeah but that wasn't the point he always said that they wanted to take it to the smithsonian and put it there <laughs> oh <laughs> so anyway google it there's just google yeah. uh indiana jones and um uh big yeah. bang theory and and they basically took like the, just the indiana jones clips from the entire show and like strung them all together yeah. it was actually kind of funny i'll have to check it out all right, so Cap just found out that uh, the weapons got signed out by the same Colonel Kaylee. The Colonel, he didn't leave a forwarding address by any chance? Can't say that he did, but his aide, uh, some bald guy, was lugging an Air Force flight bag. Might want to check with the boys at Andrews. Appreciate the help, Rocking Horse. Good seeing you again. Rocking? Again? What are you? Rocking Horse Ryko? Maybe you don't remember. We met 1943. You were the the big red one. Of course I remember. I I just, I didn't say nothing figuring, you know, you must hear that thing kind of thing all the time. You don't need another old man running off at the mouth. I mean, you got more important things on your mind with what you do. Royko, listen to yourself. What I do, it's for you. Everybody like you. There's nothing more important than that. And Royko's got a huge smile on his face. I like that scene, Bob. That is a good scene. Yeah, yeah. There's some good writing in these books and uh, that really capture Cap's essence. And that's that's definitely one of them. Yeah. I mean, because we, we've established he has uh, the super soldier serum has given him some sort of memory. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember the type of memory it's called. Um, really good just, memory. 
Yeah. 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 More, That's yeah. a scientific term. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, okay. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's able to remember uh, everybody that he's been with and for good or bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And so some of that he has to carry, which is, is difficult, but, uh, and I like the, I like the facial expressions, you know, um, here and which, yeah, especially of Royko, um, you know, seeing him, uh, gosh, it looks so much like Frank Miller work. Uh, Claus, Claus Jansen was, you know, his inking on Frank Miller really, you could see, you know, and maybe, maybe Frank influenced, Klaus here as well. Um, but you totally see it. So then we um we cut to the flight uh where DIA uh is being told to uh Colonel Kaylee to turn around and fly back, but he's like, Nope, if Cap doesn't like it, he can file a report. But turns out Cap's on the plane. He got to them just in time as they were leaving. Keeping hold on the wings been the easy part. Grabbing on as the Hercule Hercules taxied down the runway. I'll pay for it in the morning. And then he gets himself into the plane. Uh, and he goes into the back and he pops open one of the crates with his shield. And he comes across the bazookas. And he inspects for the, uh, the grain structure. And... It looks like uh, it's the same issue. These things are are uh, basically going to do the same problem. They're going to, after a couple of fires, they're going to misfire. Um, so one of the guys, the co-pilot, he goes in the back and he sees Cap. Cap, um, I like that that close-up of Cap's face as he turns. That's totally got a lot of Frank Miller looking to it too. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, he sees Cap. And but Cap jumps out with uh with his red, white, and blue parachute. Yes. And uh anyway, he got what he needed. So the guy's firing at him, but you know, misses. And then he just um basically calls the ice, get the ice princess on the horn. Now, ice princess, that who is that, Bob? That appears to be uh Miss Stone. Yeah. So she's on the phone and she finds out what's going on. So she then uh, decides to take matters into her own hand. She puts down the phone. She lets down her hair. She takes off her glasses. And all of a sudden, she's a foxy mama. She really is. Yeah. So then she goes to uh, a bar. And, uh, well, we cut to a bar, I'll just say. Punisher's War Journal. I put the word out, looking for a paramilitary at work in the drug trade. Word comes back, not paramilitary. The military. United States. Word is someone from the inside wants to talk. Not that I believe everything I hear. And so he goes to a, a table uh, after hearing, getting the details, and he finds Miss Stone in the aforementioned situation. You've got something I want to hear. Don't be so sure, Mrs. Mr. Castle. Let's go. And they cut back to a hotel room. Someplace private. So they're talking in there. Look, I don't need the interrogation crap from you. I just wanted to help. Why is that then? I was, I kept hoping it would be, turn out to be something else. Instead of just a, 
a way for men in power to profit for themselves. No one in authority wants to get involved because of who's in on it. But you, I thought you would. Why, why so hot to sell out something you were part of? It's not easy, you know. Easy would be going along with it. Going outside to fight it? Though, it's scary. It's, you're all alone. I thought, and she puts her hand on his. Maria, she's not like you. You're pure, and she's... With her, it wouldn't be betrayal. With her, it'd be okay. And then all of a sudden, busting down the door, there's a guy with a, with a pistol, and uh, Cap... Cap. And the Punisher makes short work of him uh, and basically kills him. And then at that point, he uh, he yells at at the at the woman. All right, give. I want the name at the top. No, what happened to that paranoia? You don't trust me, remember? I should never have thought I could turn on them. Maybe maybe if I go back, explain it. I, I didn't mean it. Maybe they'll let me live. You you can't. You don't understand. You don't fight people like this. It's too high up. It goes too high up. No matter where it goes, no one escapes. God, if they if they I. No matter where it leads, and she hands him a folder. No matter who, and he opens up the folder. Who does he see in the folder, Bob? Oh my God, it's Captain America. It's a picture of Cap. No matter how high. So now we cut to the Capitol building, and um, we we see the 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 scientist that was from um, the Smithsonian walking out with the Captain America coming down the steps at night and they're talking and he's basically saying to to Cap, you know, you know, uh, those weapons will, will fail on the battlefield, right? And there must be some sort of conspiracy. Um, and then we cut to oh, Miss Stone, she's on the phone, you know, she's playing all angles. Um, but essentially... Uh, you know, she's positioned Punisher to go after Cap for her. And here, there he is. He's on top of a building with his, uh, what kind of weapon is that one, Bob? I don't know. It's some sort of very large, looks like a 50 caliber sniper rifle. Yep. They came home. They came home from the Second World War to parades and open arms. I stepped down off the plane from Nam. A woman threw blood in my face. He called me a baby killer. A call to duty termed a damnation. The flag we'd gone to fight for, soiled with betrayal by politicians playing power games. The flag, soiled with betrayal. A symbol, thankless for honor, awarded, grown, bloated on self-interest and greed. A symbol, hollow now, there only to hide behind. And that, this whole time he's got his scope on Captain America on the steps, right on Cap's chest on the star. The war in the jungle, we could never get to the rod at the top. The war on crime, it gets cut out at the root. Treachery, corruption, all demanding to be... Jesus, what am I doing? And then he puts his rifle up in the air, but I guess the sense of a reflection that Cap's trained eyes saw. Whatever is necessary to end it as quickly as possible. End it, come home, end the war before the next one starts. And Cap 
pushes down the scientists and tells them to get down, engage the enemy, start the bleeding, stop the breathing. And then we cut to Cap's inner monologue. When it's in my hand, it doesn't weigh a thing. It moves with my arm, another part of me, slipping from my hand, feeling like it weighs a ton, moves against my arm, apart from me. And then a soldier needs his allies. A soldier needs. And essentially we see in this huge splash page of Cap, he first got shot in the shoulder and then now he's getting shot in the chest. And then the shield drops to the stairs. And on it, you can see in the middle of the star, a red bullet hole and blood dripping from it. Next, eternal vigilance. What? The Punisher shot Cap? How's that for a cliffhanger? All right, Cap fans, make sure you come back next episode, 143, where we will finish this story, Punisher, Captain America, Blood and Glory, with issues two and three. See you then.